don't like box yourself in. First, it's really scary because you're all like, I what? I, I need rules. What's happening? <laughs> um, but then you realize, oh, that's the point. You know, you, you kind of make up what you want this major to be. I love that. I guess like, the goal of studio is not necessarily to be as realistic as possible. I'm just really excited. We just both have weird, like crazy ideas that we want to do. And like, we're just so excited to work together. I think it'll, it'll be so cool. Yeah, always put a, like in everything that you do, always put a little bit of you in it. Get to know your peers and, and feel that environment. Like I have friends I can talk to, I have colleagues I can talk to. They're more than classmates, they're your colleagues, right? Good morning and welcome to Sorry I'm in Studio, a podcast delivered to you at the most productive hours of studio, 1am Sunday night. Today we're going to do a Q&A where we asked our audience on Instagram at Sorry I'm in Studio to ask us questions and today we're going to answer them for you. And with me right now I have Sarah White and Jolene. Hi, I'm Sarah. And hi, hello, I'm Jolene Our first question is, how can you be effective in studio? So I guess the, the, I would say there's a lot of ways to do this. Um, and it highly depends on your own, like, learning style. And I know that's like a lame answer. Like, oh, it kind of depends. But like... <laughs> no, it's... It, that's so true, though. I feel like the first thing you need to do is figure out how you learn best, um, which is kind of hard if you don't, like, try things and see where you land with them. You got to take the time to get to know yourself, which is hard. Like, <laughs> I, I'll, be, I'll be real. What works best for you, Sarah? What helps you be effective in studio? Um, so I am an early riser but I don't work well in the mornings, I've learned. <laughs> I wake up very early, but I like to just to be like lazy and slow in the morning. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm the I get the most done in like noon afternoon time, which is actually during my studios. I also learned that I'm very good at uh, working in a group setting. Like, not specifically, like, with other people, but just, like, in the presence of other people. Group vibes. Productive energy. Yeah, productive energy vibes, yeah. which I feel like is really good in, at least in, in our art school, I feel like there's a lot of really good energy that goes around uh, within your studios, within other studios, whenever you want to, like, just walk over to another studio and be like, hey what y'all doing and then they all have all these cool projects and then you're all inspired and then you tell them about your project and then they're all inspired and uh yeah it's, i think it's really great i think it's really fun yeah i think finding your your sleep schedule pattern work pattern is is really important i know like at the beginning um <laughs> i was i was really bad about the all-nighters like i was doing one or two a week and ah. it was it was just not great like i i I wasn't like I was having fun like doing it because everything was so new and like exciting but it that's just not maintainable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like I I figured it out 
a little bit more. I still haven't figured it out totally, but um, second year I was able to not pull any all-nighters, which was great. And I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I feel like where I'm at now is a lot more maintainable than where I was first year. And I think one thing for me, like how to be effective in studio is like to ask questions, to always come yes. with good questions about your project because not every professor is going to like do everything for you and say like this is how you should do your project and you don't necessarily you don't want that you know you you want it to be your project and and not their project like it's it's a collaboration but it's it's going to go in your portfolio it's going to represent you and your reputation like you you want to guide the conversation in the direction that'll give you the answers that you're looking for. And I think coming to studio with questions is really important. Like it sounds simple, but like actually doing it, like when you're, you know, you're stressed out and you're busy and you stayed up late and then, you know, not forgetting to take advantage of that time uh, in studio to ask those questions, I think is really important. 100%. I totally agree. Jolene, how, how do you think it's best to be effective in studio when it comes to being successful in studio you really need to be i guess aware of how much time is being like allocated for certain tasks um i think breaking down tasks helps a lot there's a lot of things in my opinion that are very i guess intimidating when it comes to studio or like you know, I have to build this, I have to do like this thing and turn it into like in, in this sort of way. Um, but like when you when you break it down into something that's more like easy to handle, like you can you can grasp it um, better. It's it's super effective. <laughs> So one of the questions that we got uh, from someone anonymous, um, they had a question about after watching episode 10, how were you guys able to decide on a dream project slash career and why did it come into fruition in the first place? That was the the Barden episode where me and Ron and Sarah interviewed him and it's still one of my favorite episodes. But yeah, me, me and Sarah talked about wanting to start a firm together later in in life i guess the question's asking how did we decide we wanted to do that so i think we've always been on the same wavelength and our ideas we're really good at bouncing ideas back and forth so i think that's like one of our strengths that we have and our style and our idea concepts i feel like are so different but they work well together in a way where it works I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the way that we collaborate is like very fluid and it's not hard for us to talk to each other for hours. Like we can, like you're saying, we can bounce off ideas so easily and that like finding someone that you trust that's like going to support you when your idea is amazing and also be like, oh, like maybe this isn't going to work out or like, but like having someone who you trust who can tell you that and who you like really value their opinion. Like Sarah's the first person I go to when I have a question about studio. Yeah, same with me. I'll probably go to you first. I, I trust her. I trust her opinion. And so I think 
finding someone like that to like want to start a firm with or do projects in the future with like we we just collaborate really well and I think it'd be awesome to like see that on an even bigger scale we're not even working on the same project we have completely different projects Mm -hmm. but like the other or Amber is able to see my project from my eyes but then also bring her new opinion into my uh into my project and I feel like that gives me a new perspective as well and I feel like um we like Amber said we have that trust factor in which we know that um we're looking out for each other and it's not like we're trying to put each other down like oh your idea is too good like I don't know but like I feel like we're always looking out for each other and we want the best for each other and we Mm -hmm. both want to succeed and work together we do collaborate well and then in times like when Amber's like having a rough time I feel like I'm able to help her and uh see it in a positive way like if she's struggling with her project or if I'm struggling with my project Amber's able to like calm me down and like (laughs) not make me that anxious about my stuff and like overthink it too much because I feel like I do tend to overthink things a lot me too um (laughs) so I think that helps a lot that I'm able to ask any question about my project it's not like I have a boundary line or something like I can't cross I feel like I can ask her any question I have about my project or like just in general. Yeah, and at any time. Like, I feel like we, we always make time to help each other. And that's that's really important. I don't know. I'm just really excited. And I'm excited. Like, I feel like we both have, like, we just both have weird, like, crazy ideas that we want to do. And, like, we're just so excited to work together. I think it'll, it'll be so cool. In the first semester, we had, like, our whole name figured out. And like how oh my god we can't tell you all that that's a top secret top secret (laughs) (laughs) we need to buy the domain i know oh my gosh but yeah stuff gets exciting at 3 a.m These next two questions come in from first year Omar Salim. Uh, the first one, because of COVID-19, freshman year students, including me, never had the chance to attend in-person studio classes. We all did our projects using Rhino and Illustrator programs. Do you guys think this can affect us when getting back to campus? To alleviate any worries, I, I do want to say... I'm sure all of the professors are very aware that y'all missed out on the model making aspect and they won't be all like, now make a perfect model today. Like, (laughs) I promise you they're not going to like be like that. I'm sure. I know Jason Logan is very, very passionate about making sure that the curriculum is fair for you guys. Um, that being said, model making is not something you pick up quickly. I know Mm -hmm. something that we all do, or I guess normally what happens is we have to learn craft and by learning and a project, a kind of ongoing project that we do is called these two inch cubes. To where we get different materials, different like common materials that you use in architecture, 
chipboard, museum board, um, woods, MDF. Um, we even did molding too with like we did. I used plaster in mine. Um, so people did use concrete. That wasn't me. Couldn't be me. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, I struggled so hard with that plaster stuff. I could not do concrete. Um, yeah. So we would spend like a few weeks or like maybe like one week i don't remember exactly again first year was so long ago now (laughs) but it feels like the light years away but um we would spend uh, like a few days learning about how each material worked and how we had how we could work with it to like make it look pretty and nice I would honestly say maybe like over the summer, if you have time, you really like this is not rec- like required. But if you have time, just try making some cubes. Just like uh, cut out some cubes literally with any material. It does not have to be like professional architectural material. But like just practice cutting straight on a cutting board with a ruler or like. It doesn't have to be a cutting board. You could literally use like a piece of cardboard as a cutting board. I used to do that all the time because I was lazy. Um, <laughs> and just stuff like that. You could, and again, you could use, use cardboard as your material as well. You could use paper as your material. You could use wrappers, probably not wrappers. That's not structurally sound, but um, <laughs> you get the point. Really just practice like using your hands in any sense of the word. I would say sketching, word. too. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, sketching, just honestly, like, do some Bob Ross. I will say, though, too, um, building models make things a little bit more, I guess, realistic. And, like, the, I guess the, the goal of studio is not necessarily to be as realistic as possible. I mean, there's there's a great reason why I, like, I enjoy just, like, experimenting and stuff. Uh, with like studio projects I guess like in Rhino if you build something with like one column in the center and like like you know (laughs) it's not going to be structurally sound but like building that physically with a model it shows you like that experimentation of like oh this is not going to work but I think um, that sort of like realist like realness is kind of like lost when you don't really like you know do a whole year of model making and I think at least like me as a, you know, um, upcoming rising fourth year, I think I'm going to have to like go back into like model making over the summer. So that way I could just like, you know, touch base with, I guess, reality. <laughs> so yeah. Heck yeah. Our next question is from Ashton Azell. She says, I'm a transfer student and it's been a hard transition for me. Any co-ad general tips or advice and any advice for how to make more friends in the co-ad? She says she's been online since she got here. And to answer this question, we have Imran Ahmed, a member of the podcast team and also a transfer student. So I attended UT Austin for two years and then I decided that I wanted to do architecture, not engineering, and I applied to both architecture schools, got accepted to UT and U of H, but I'm originally from Houston. So I was like, you know what? I'll do my parents a favor. They miss me a lot. I'm an only child. They really wanted me to be close to them. I said, all right, guys, I'll I'll come back home. I'll attend U of H. And 
I was worried because I had made so many friends at UT. I was going about to leave them all behind and pretty much come to a whole new school. So I was worried. I was like, man, I'm not going to have any friends. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be alone. But lucky for me, I <laughs> immediately ran into some really awesome people in my studio. I started talking to them on the daily and I made sure to always, you know, stick around after studio, do my work in studio. That's one really good advice I'll give you that the people who went home and did their work and then came back, sometimes they would have things that were wrong and because they didn't have friends to ask, right? Or there weren't people, even if they would ask in the group me, they might not get a response. People were busy, they were working. But in the moment in studio, when you have a question and you can turn to your left and turn to your right and you know that there's there's someone there, you can ask them right away. So one advice I would give that's coming up now is to to work in studio even for a little bit you don't have to stay there the whole night don't do that even <laughs> it's not advised but work there for a few hours so that way you can you know get to know your peers and and feel that environment like i have friends i can talk to i have colleagues i can talk to they're more than classmates they're your colleagues right and bouncing off ideas from them really helped me fuel my my design because sometimes you would get writer's block you know, and you'd be like, man, what do I want to do for this space? What do I want to accomplish here? And just bouncing off ideas from your studio friends really, really, really helps. And so an online version of that is just saying, hey, maybe studio ended, right? And I know you're just itching to get away from the computer. But trust me, if you stay around for a little bit and say, hey, guys, does anyone want to talk about their project? Does anyone want to, you know, casually without the professor there? <laughs> Make those casual conversations and be the one to initiate it. It can be hard, especially if you're, you know, shy, introverted. Put, you know, roll up your sleeves, put yourself out there and initiate those conversations with your classmates. Say, hey, I want to talk to you all about my project. I want to I want to ask your opinions, you know, and that way you'll start getting those conversations, you know, accepting opinions and people are going to be interested and in, in be like, wow, this guy's project is cool. I want to talk to them more and. And, you know, maybe hang out with them afterwards. Say, hey, after we're done talking about our project, let's play some video games if you're into that. Or let's let's hang out and maybe watch Netflix online. These are the things we would do online. And lucky for us at the co-ed, there are so many clubs for you to join. And so they still lasted through online. Lucky for me, I was able to join APX, Alpha Rho Chi, the architecture fraternity, during my in-person time at the co-ed. But thanks to that, I had such a big support group during the pandemic that we would be on discord all the time we would always just pop in and pop out and just vibe there chill ask each other how we're doing talk about our projects if we need help so definitely push yourself to make friends architecture is all about communication right when you design something you're communicating something to your client and eventually you're gonna have to say wow you know what i'm gonna have to start you know figuring out what's the best way for me to communicate with my colleagues. How can I get my ideas across? So put yourself out there, join the amazing clubs like AIAS, uh, FWIA, Future Women in Architecture. Um, they have industrial design groups too, industrial design clubs as well. Uh, TAL, NOMAS, the list is endless. There's so many clubs at the COAD. Pick one, at least one, Join it and be active in it. Be a valued member. That's my favorite word to use. You know, in APX, I don't even have a position, but I know I'm a valued member. I show up to meetings. I make sure my voice is heard. I participate when I can. 
And that's all they ask for. That's all they want, you know, and that's what any club wants. So put in that little bit of extra, extra effort, you know, and join that extracurricular club, join that extracurricular activity. It doesn't even have to be related to co-ed. I mean, yes, you want more friends in the co-ed, but I'm a Muslim, right? And so they have the Muslim Student Association on campus. Sometimes I go there on Fridays and meet up with those people and say, hey, it's a little, little different from the co-ed people. So expand your horizons, be well-rounded, and thankfully this online stuff is over. It's going to be over soon. And once you get back in person, say hi, say hello to everyone, you know, be, be that, that friendly smile. You know, people look at you and you're always smiling. You're in a good mood. The body language, <laughs> have that good body language that invites people towards you and then share your materials with them, you know, share, share your ideas with them. Sharing is caring. <laughs> you know, it's kind of basic, but it's true. So, you know, I'll let people dr- borrow my tools, my materials, and, and that opens up a conversation. Be like, hey, you know, what are you doing with your model? What are you doing with your design? You know, ask them questions. Be interested. And showing that interest, people are going to be interested in you. They're going to be like, hey, well, so what's your project? What are you doing? Be confident in yourself and be confident in who you are. Don't let anyone, you know, put you down otherwise. And not everyone has to be your friend. Pick a few good people. Pick a few good clubs. And put yourselves in circles that are going to enhance you and make you a better architecture student and a better student in general. People that encourage you to study with them. People that encourage you to to relax, take mental breaks too, and uh, keep you sane. Because architecture school can get pretty insane. But having friends I can go to and call, that can calm you down and be like, hey man, it's going to be okay, dude. You're going to be fine. So, yeah. first year going on to second year melissa amaro the first one is what is one piece of advice for students regarding their first job after graduating don't like box yourself in don't be like i can only apply to this particular job like you maybe you're thinking like i really want to do residential work um and then and, and that's it I would say broaden your horizons. It would not hurt to get experience in literally anything. And again, it doesn't even have to be like architecture. Like it could literally just be in some sort of design field. Um, Because all that experience still bleeds into architecture, especially into architecture, which I know that you are a student of or majoring in. Literally don't box yourself in. That would be my only... I, I really liked what I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a past episode. Yes, yes. But um what Martin Rodriguez said, he was also a graduate of the um interior architecture program at UH and he, he talked about more, I guess, in reference to internships and that like like what you're saying, Sarah, like it's awesome to also gain experience in like architecture adjacent design fields as well. And you can get so much out of that that you might not get out of like a regular architecture firm initially that could build up your skill set and I think that can really lead to a unique perspective so that excited me when he said that like I felt I felt more free I was like 
I just realized myself, like, I don't have to be trapped in this box of, like, only architecture. Like, architecture can be so broad. And so that was just really nice for me to hear personally. The more, I guess, you traverse through architecture school, you're going you're gonna to start realizing more, I guess, things that you're interested in. You know, like, oh, if you really like bookmaking, if you really like, um, like, this one aspect of you know, yada yada yada, if you want to like, you, you can you can start like being more specific on what you really like and maybe that might help you in, you know, getting out of the, you know, boxingness that, you know, Sarah and Amber were talking about. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Next one is, what are some possible jobs a student can get with an interior architecture degree? And I'm going to say the dumb answer of literally anything, but um, <laughs> um I know I'm biased, but <laughs> um, I think the wonderful thing about interior architecture is that you touch up on literally so many things. It's kind of that happy medium between um, ID and architecture. Um, because again, you're kind of working on the human scale. We actually take a class with ID to learn about uh, human comfort. We take classes with architecture to learn about structure. We have our first three semesters with architecture. So I mean, um, again, we kind of dabble in everything <laughs> and I think that's the, the best part along with the fact that we do we were it's mandatory that you do a thesis in interior architecture and I'm going into my thesis here and I've been meeting up with um, Professor Bruton and Meg Jackson or, uh, to to uh, talk about what we're going to be doing for thesis and they've been giving me a lot of really cool ideas and like how we need to prepare for it. And something that they really, really drilled into me was make it about what you care about because... Then what's the point if you're not, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, since, again, IA is so broad, it really just kind of... Example, example. Let's say that you care a lot about the theater and you kind of are thinking of doing a set design fun fact we have a graduating uh we had a graduating um student uh, i want to say two years ago he's uh he's a graduate student in set design now um uh shout out to paul we love you paul um, um i don't know what his thesis was about but he could have totally made it about set design and the uh, he has a background in interior and he has a thesis in set design. And like, now you can totally be like, yeah, uh, that worked. And that's my history. And then all the set design people who are looking at his portfolio will be all like, Oh, they know about architectural stuff and uh, like general interior design, uh, um, theories and like uh materials and methods so like that puts them that that makes them special from a normal set designer um but again you can learn about set design while you're learning about interior 
And like, that's the great thing because you kind of get to choose again. IA is such a new and like young major in general. And there's so little students in it that you literally kind of get to choose what you want your education to be about, especially in your first uh, two semesters with Professor Qureshi. His whole, his whole job, as he tells us, is to get y'all to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life and what you're passionate about. He is so, so passionate about letting the students choose what they care about. And it's super weird coming from my first three semesters in architecture to where, like, you know, you're given a project brief. And you just kind of, you know, you you put your personality in it, of course. I'm not trying to bash on architecture. I'm sorry. No, I, um, I, I but like, what you're saying. I agree. You know, you're kind of given your project brief and you're all like, okay, so this is what we're doing. Um, with Professor Qureshi, his first, I, I don't want to like spoil it because he has like this, his whole like thing and he's all like, oh, it's, it's, it's nice when they don't know what they're getting into. Um, but um. It's, you're, you're very much a guide yourself on to how you want to take the project. They're all very open-ended. And at first, it's really scary because they're all like, I, what? I, I need rules. What's happening? <laughs> um, but then you realize, oh, that's the point. You know, you, you kind of make up what you want this major to be. I love And that. I don't know. I just... Long-winded rant to be literally Melissa... Whatever you're passionate about, and any other IA student that's listening to this, literally whatever you're passionate about, do not be afraid to bring that into uh, mm-hmm. any studio project for IA. Because literally yes. every IA professor is very yeah. passionate. And like, about you're, this. like I, I feel like <laughs> I'm starting to understand like, like your portfolio is going to be so important, just as important as your GPA, maybe even more, depending on what exactly you want to do after graduation and um like you're saying Sarah, like making your projects about something you care about so then when you're going to apply for a job you can show them your portfolio and you can talk about it with passion because it is something that you care about recommendations for learning important basic information about architecture uh that's a (laughs) i love books um there are a lot of amazing books out there and honestly that's the great thing about it um i will say a lot of the ching books are really good in um you know just basic information about architecture quote unquote um so far currently i have the building codes illustrated i just got that one and then the building construction illustrated the both those two ching books really helpful with details and things like that so that way it doesn't like you know get you bogged down but um i just recently finished um the poetics of space and that's as it sounds I'm a really big advocate in um, when it comes to like literature and writing connected to architecture. I think when you can write about your space that you create, then it really helps you understand more on a, a deeper level what that space really means and what you want it to 
mean to other people. Keep writing. That book is really like poetic. <laughs> I would say it's it's like I think like if you if you're not really into like reading, it might not be a book for you. Another one is um, the Eyes of the Skin. I actually got recommended that book from um, our alumni from APX, uh, Ben. Ben. Um, shout out to him. We love Ben. <laughs> we love Ben. <laughs> it's a really good book in trying to like understand the more like human side of space. So that's a really good book that I think everybody should read. Um, wow, there's a lot of books. Um, honestly, just a uh, manual of section. I really like that book. Um, and I know a lot of professors like that book because of like the style of like the drawings. Yes, there's a lot more books, but <laughs> I would start with those. So yeah, I will link all of them in the description for reference. Heck yeah. I would also say, um, any sort of book that really talks about, I guess, like ethics and things like that is, is a good way. Amber, do you have a reference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've got a recommendation. Like, I feel like it's a little bit different than the question. Is, or actually, it's not. This it, Okay, so the question is recommendations for books to help learning basic, important information. I think this is basic important information. Maybe that's up to interpretation. Mm -hmm. But the book Invisible Women, um, it is so good. It, literally life-changing. Um, that may sound dramatic, but I promise I'm not being dramatic. That is full truth. We were hoping to make an episode about that book in the fall, so look forward to that uh, coming out. And I also wanted to mention that <laughs> Jolene, isn't your Valentine's to Design yeah, actually. segment inspired by Eyes of the <laughs> yeah, Skin? Yeah, for real. Oh. I actually was reading that book when I wrote that little like snippet thing. I think that when it comes to architecture, it's you have a really big tie with being like you know, like the human side of design. And I think it's really important that whenever you read books you know like invisible women it's really important to think about like um you know social justice like anything humanitarian or even like you can say like if it's related to politics or whatever that is important anything sort of like theory related that's also important because or like philosophy too um if you really want to like get into philosophy you can and i think it could even help you with um, architecture because it, it helps you understand human beings and that was you know the whole point of it understand human beings understand yourself be really introspective find any book that really gets you thinking about you know yourself where you are in life and um you can get really metaphysical if you really want to um i would <laughs> i recommend people do that because it will help them later on in life when they are stuck about you know coming up with something that they're you know passionate and proud of so yeah yeah lots of lots of great books <laughs> yeah what is the best way to retain all the information being learned in studio and architecture classes in general one of the best ways of really learning something is by mimicking it 
Um, and I think that really, really applies to architecture and arch like design school in general. If you learn something, now you should try to replicate it and add on to it, add a little bit of you, um, put a little bit of like, you know, your, <laughs> your personality into it, but like applying it into yourself. Like for example, like uh, tech, you know, like if you're, if you're trying to apply that into like a studio and stuff rather than like forcing it, um, in a very unnatural way, then like it, it helps you really see, you know, like, oh, I'm experimenting with this falling down or <laughs> someone like this is this is gonna like implode on itself if I build this like, oh, well, like you lived it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think sketching again over and over like the past things that like your professors and studio have like talked about, like, you're like, oh, look at this building as like a precedence. And then like you try sketching it and understanding the little details about it and that's i think how you would see like that's you living it you know and just like keep doing that over and over again and i think that's one way to like really make it natural so that way it's not like a like a very i guess like it's not like you're cramming it in your brain like right exactly yeah for real exactly exactly i feel like uh, jolene really hit it on the head with uh you know, it's one thing to, like, memorize and uh, watch me sound dumb as I proceed to not say this right. But I know there's, like, uh, so, like, first there's, like, a memorization, then there's, like, understanding, then applying. Once you, like, once you remember something, like, that's, like, the lowest form of learning something. But then once you understand something, like, oh, you know, you, you're learning it. Then but once you apply something, then you've actually been able to, like, learn learn it apply what you've learned like don't just like i mean of course take notes but don't just like take notes and read them over like make them applicable to something yeah and put a little bit of you in it too Heck like, yeah put a little how bit does it you. how did yeah always put a like in everything that you do always put a little bit of you in it um like make it relate to you, you know, um, there's no one way of studying, there's no one way of learning when you can make it relatable, you know, like, how does this, like, one Renzo piano building <laughs> relate to you, um, you know, sketch it out, like, sketch it out in your kind of, like, way, or write about it, I would say write about it, write a poem about it, <laughs> write a story, a narrative, write a fan fiction about it, oh, oh god, god. I just <laughs> go for it, honestly, but, like, if it helps you, learn about it and really learn like the details about it then go for it do it I think one thing adding on to what y'all both said like that I'm realizing for me like I'm thinking what do I what, what do I do like I guess more about like the big picture stuff like um how do I remember that for me it's like it's talking to people about it conversationally finding peers and friends that you can have conversations about tech with or different uh, things like the architecture history or survey, whatever it is, but talking about it in conversation, like, oh, like, what did you think about what happened in this class today? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And like, have conversations about what you're learning in the classes. For me, that's like how to really absorb it and think deep about it. That's, that's I think, how, how I do that, I guess. Next question 
is uh, what are some key aspects a student should seek when looking at potential firms to apply for work? So whenever you're like uh, being interviewed or whatever, there'll always be a like, do you have any questions for us? And that that's where you go in, all right? Like that's <laughs> where you make sure to ask like a cool sounding question about something that you actually do care about. Don't just like Google, like what question should I ask in an interview? Like make sure yeah, it's something yeah. you care about, something that I always fall back on since these are things that I care about and definitely would like to know about any company that I work for is uh, what are your stances and what um, changes are your, is your firm or company making um, in regards to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Mm -hmm. um what are some support systems that your company has in uh, getting the licensure uh and then i also like to ask what is the community like like what is the environment what is your studio studio environment yeah culture um within your within your company um yeah i guess those are my three biggest things and I think also being aware that your questions, I, I don't know, I think personally your, your questions should probably vary depending on is this is this a larger firm or a smaller company? Sure. Or, because if there's only three people working at the firm, they may not, they're not probably going to have like a, a board promoting diversity, equity, inclusion, but like I guess it's more of a personal conversation because there it's just a few people there yeah yeah totally so that's definitely a a different uh thing to consider as well Mm -hmm. and so melissa for your last question what are potential employers looking for in resumes we're actually planning on having that be that topic the its whole own uh, episode in itself it'll be coming in the fall Um, So I hope you'll uh, stick around and hear it later. What would y'all like to accomplish in the distant future and why? I'm guessing in in your careers. What's the goals? The big goals in the distant future. So as, as Jolene, the career woman... What what are your <laughs> what are your goals, Jolene? What would you like to accomplish in the distant future? Oh my gosh! I mean, like as like a, unrealistically or like everything is realistic, Jolene. Want, nothing nothing it. is not realistic. Everything is realistic. Imagine this, okay? A small house in the woods with cats, a bunch of books around, and a bakery. That's it. That's what I want as, like, an old lady someday. Um, But realistically, I think, and I think a lot of people, you know, in design school should have, like, the opportunity to just, like, travel. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's always good to kind of, like, immerse yourself in, like, a culture that you're not really, you know, a culture that you're not used to. I think that's a really important thing. Honestly, continue seeing the world... Um, that's what I want <laughs> in my future. Um, I do want to obviously get, you know, accredited or things like that, but I really do want to, like, see, just like, 
I, I, I'm really interested in like, you know, vernacular architecture and like how that plays a really big role into, you know, <laughs> how the world was made. You know, um, I do want to write a book someday. I really do want to have my own library. I want to like, you know, get into that. <laughs> so there's a lot of things I really want to do in the world. Um, you know, I guess, like, I want to visit space someday. Ooh, okay, <laughs> honey. Realistically. <laughs> Honestly, but, like, you know, what? what's, like, why Why can't, you know, a person dream that big? Hell yeah, man. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, what is, like, and, and I talk about this a lot with, like, the APX, my APX friend, friends a lot, but, like, what is stopping you from doing the things that you like? If you really like sewing and you want to, like, like, but, like, you know, like, you think it's, like, you know, you don't want to, you don't have time for it because it's, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, unrelated to your profession, then, like, try adding it into it, you know? Like, if you really like, I don't know, embroidery, go do it. If you like origami, go do it, you know? If you like photography, everybody should dabble a little bit in photography, at least in design school, go freaking do it. Just, just what is stopping you from doing the things that you like? And don't let, you know, the, the idea of like, I got to be productive. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't let that like cause you to not do something that you don't like. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't like as in like now, but like also into like the distant future. Like if you really, really like it, like, you know, if you, if you like video games, <laughs> you know, um, video game design, like, then put it into your architecture, honestly. Why not? Oh, Heck yeah. Darlene's <laughs> low-key adding me because I was very much that person to where I'm all like, no, <laughs> I must only focus on things pertaining <laughs> to school. <laughs> and I since have... Uh, learned i am no longer that person uh, very much thanks to uh, talking with her and others um so yeah i i, I wholly agree jolene honestly make make up the random fantasy future that you have for yourself if you want to be a wood elf go do it no, and do it. put it into your architecture design let it happen just be proud of yourself <laughs> just go do it go get a plastic Honestly. surgeon to go add pointy ears oh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it can happen yeah. you can do it oh. yes get a cat grow some plants and then start putting plants everywhere in in your designs or something like that make a library <laughs> Heck yeah what are your distant goals sarah i guess for my distant goals i would guess my okay my perfect life would be well i would i would wanna i i personally would like to work with uh developing communities um without gentrification or erasing identity or culture in any way um i'm definitely very passionate about giving opportunities where there aren't as many because that's unfair and uh, if I can change that in any way I would love to be a part of that so uh, I guess my, my dream job would be working in any sort of design firm that gives voices to people that don't feel like they can speak 
Um, after that, I mean, with that, um, <laughs> I would also like to do something in, in theater. I think that'd be fun. I feel like my little side hustle could be like making sets. Um, I have a friend who does game design and we, ever since high school, we thought that we were going to make a game together. Um, I'd like to finish doing that one day. My sister and I always had a dream that we'd make a comic together one day. Uh, I'd like to do that. Um, as you can see, I dabbled in a lot of things. Um, I used to sew and I gave that up and I, I would like to get back into that. I would like to sew things and maybe I could have a little Etsy shop. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I guess undesign related things. I would also like to be a foster parent, specifically foster with the intent of reunification. Um, so I would just be getting kids, uh, housing them and making sure they feel loved and supported and uh, help them be reunifi reunified with uh, next of kin or family. Um, and yeah, that that would that would be the dream: helping people and being creative. I mean that. I that love that. <laughs> a queen. <laughs> I want to start a library. Heck yeah, man! Start a library. I'll take all my foster children to your library. Yes, <laughs> in the Philippines. In the Philippines. Yes, in the Philippines. Oh my god! In, yeah. In other developing countries out there honestly that'd be amazing why not and what about you imran what would you like to accomplish in your distant future what do i want to accomplish in the future um, you know what, what do I want to accomplish? I just want to be, um, a voice of change, uh, of, you know, someone who can stand up for the oppressed, stand up for people who, uh, have been done injustice and give them a place to, a place where they're welcome. Let them know, hey, you belong here, you're welcome. You know, I just, I want to do good architecture, morally good architecture, hopefully. Um, it's not always about the paycheck, I think. It's always about the, uh the idea behind it, the principle behind it. So I hope that you can make friends in the co-ed, good friends, and you can also be a good friend to others in the co-ed. And as, as soon as you start putting yourself out there, you're going to do great. Um, take it from me, all right? You know, take it from a guy who came to UH with no friends, <laughs> nobody. And I said, you know what? I got to put myself out there. I'm going to pledge to APX. And uh, I was in it, I, I did my best and I got in, it felt really good. So put your best foot forward, put in that little extra effort to say, you know what, I know I have homework, I know I got studio stuff, but I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna be vocal, I'm gonna be social, you know, put myself out there. Yeah, did we yeah. do that? I forget, did we do sign offs? Is that a thing that we do? Um, <laughs> it's been so long. Blah, 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 blah. Space Cowboy. Yeehaw! <laughs> it is there. Yeehaw! <laughs> Beautiful! The team and I hope you have a great summer, and remember, follow us on Instagram at Sorry I'm in Studio. <laughs>